Welcome to the City Light Podcast. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out online at citylightchurch.com. Today, we're starting a brand new series called What's Next? Have you ever felt stuck in life or felt like there must be more to life than what you're currently experiencing? If you answered yes, then this series is for you. We believe there is more out there for you and God has the answer you're looking for. Thank you for spending time with us today and we hope you enjoy the message from the series, What's Next? Well, hey again, my name is Jason, lead pastor here of the church. So honored that you're here joining us on this Labor Day weekend. You could be anywhere, but you're here today and we love it and we're so thankful that you're here this morning. If you're new and just kind of checking us out and trying to figure out what this school church thing is all about, man, we're so glad that you're here and you're here at a great time because we are starting a brand new series today called What's Next? What's next? What's, I don't know, what's next? And we'll talk about that today. And before we get in the message, let me ask you a few questions to hopefully get our brain thinking a little bit today. Uh, and these are kind of serious questions, but hopefully it'll get us thinking. Uh, the first one is, have you ever felt as if you were missing something in life? Like, like life is good, but I still feel like I'm missing something. Like, I just, like, everything's okay, but I just don't think I, I have everything. I think something's missing. Have you ever asked the question, is there more to life than what I am currently experiencing? Like, like, again, life is okay, but is this it? Is, is there more to this life than what I'm really experiencing right now? Or, or, is, or have I achieved it all? The last one, have you ever felt stuck spiritually? Like, like you believe in God maybe, and you're like, okay, I, I, I love God, but I just feel like I'm not moving forward in my relationship with him. I'm not moving backwards. I just kind of feel like I am stuck spiritually. Now, if you answered yes to any of those questions today, then I want you to know that this entire series over the next four weeks is for you. We designed this with you in mind because I believe with all of my heart that we are in life on a journey, but it is not a physical journey that we're on. We're on a spiritual journey. It's a spiritual journey that every single one of us is on. And, and sometimes in this spiritual journey that we're on, sometimes you can get to a place where you can ask the questions, is this it? You know, is this all that God has for me? Uh, I kind of feel stuck. Um, I kind of feel purposeless. I feel meaningless. Like, is this really why Jesus came and died for this? Like, is this, for, I could experience this, or is there, is there more? Is there more out there? A lot of times when we ask that question, is there more, and we, we actually, humanity, we go on a search for significance a lot of times. Okay, I need significance in my life. I need fulfillment. And so a lot of times we try a lot of things that we, we hope will give us the fulfillment that we're looking for. You know, if, you're, if you kind of have a job and you work in, in a corporate setting, we feel like, okay, i got to climb to the top of the corporate ladder. If I achieve more at work, then I'll find the fulfillment I'm looking for. So if I, if I, if I do more and I stay at work late hours and I can really get promotions and we climb that corporate ladder, I'll find it. But what happens a lot of times is once you get to the top of the corporate ladder, you kind of look around and realize I still feel the same way as I did before. 
Uh, other times people will look at, you know, if I just need to buy more stuff, have more things, enjoy life more, you know, go on more vacations, have more material things around me. And those things are great and everything, but a lot of times those don't give us the fulfillment that we're looking for either. We try relationships, we try different things. If I just had that, if I just had him, if I had her, all these different things that we can try looking for this fulfillment, but we still get to a place where we say, you know what, I, I'm still searching. There's gotta be more to life than what I'm experiencing. A couple years ago, actually back in 2005, I saw this interview with New England, New England quarterback uh, Tom Brady. For some of you may know who Tom Brady is. If you don't know who the Patriot quarterback is, then you don't watch football. That's okay, and we love you as well. But, but uh, back in 2005, Tom Brady, who has now he has six Super Bowl rings. He's, he's probably got more money than he'll ever be able to spend in his lifetime. He's got fame. He's got fortune. He's got it all. He's at the pinnacle of his profession they had an interview with him on 60 Minutes, and they kind of asked him about some of his achievements and some of the things that he was experiencing and asked him how, to, how it makes him feel and was he finding the fulfillment that, that, we, that everyone thinks that this will bring. And, and watch what Tom Brady said. We have a little video that you can watch. Why do I have three Super Bowl rings and, and still think there's something greater out there for me? I mean... Maybe a lot of people would say, hey, man, this is what it is. I reached my goal, my dream, my life is me. I thank God. It's got to be more than this. I mean, this isn't, this can't be what it's all cracked up to be. I mean, I've done it. I'm 27. And what else is there for me? What's the answer? I wish I knew. <laughs> I wish I knew. What a powerful statement. He said, I wish I just knew. I, I feel like there's something more. Like, I've got, I've got the Super Bowl rings. I've, I've got all the money. I've got fame. I've got everything that you can think. But here's a guy who is at the pinnacle of, of celebrity world, and, and yet he's asking the same question that so many of us ask ourselves, is that there's got to be more to life than what I am experiencing. There's got to be more to this thing. And it's such an unfortunate thing because he's, I wish I knew. I, I wish I knew. And I believe with all my heart, because I've personally experienced this, that I believe that true fulfillment, true purpose, everything that we're looking for is only found through God. He is the only one that can bring you the significance and the fulfillment that you're looking for. And so our theme verse for this entire series is found in Proverbs chapter 29, and it says this. Where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. In other older translations of the Bible, it says, without vision, people perish. And so what it basically is saying that if you don't have vision for your life, if you don't have a revelation, an aha moment where you say, I get it. I, I understand why I'm on the planet. I, I get it. I see purpose. I, I understand now what God is doing. Like If you don't have that, you'll live your life meaningless. You'll just kind of go through life and it doesn't care what decisions I make because who, who cares? It doesn't matter. And we kind of go just bob through life just not experiencing the fullness of what God really intended for us to experience. The message paraphrase of the Bible says it's the same verse this way. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. 
But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. So he said, when you can't see what God is doing in your life, you can't see what God has for you, it's like you just start tripping all over yourself. But when you start to attend to, when you start to do the things that he begins to reveal to you, you're most blessed, the Bible says. I love that. And I think anybody and everybody in this room today would say, I'd love to be most blessed. Come on, somebody. Like, I love that. But listen, most blessed does not mean financial security or anything like that. It means that you have joy and you have fulfillment in your life that no matter what's going on, you still have peace. You still have peace. So how do we get this? How do we get to a place where we we say, okay, God, if there's more, I want the more. If, there's, if, there's, if you have more for my life, if you have this available, how do we get there? How do we experience the more? I love what David, a guy in the Bible, he wrote it this way in the book of Psalms. He said, he's talking to God. He says, you will show me the way of life. So there's a, there's a path of life, a way of life. And he says, and God, you're going to show it to me. And because of that, he goes, you're going to grant me joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. So, so how do we figure out this path of life? Like, what is the path of life? Like, what is this? What do you have for me? This way of life, God, what is it? How do I ex- experience this? How do I walk out this journey so I can experience the more that you have for me? Well, I, I, when I read the Bible, I see cover to cover that God has a pathway, a plan for humanity. It's the same in the Old Testament. It's the same in the New Testament. It it, it weaves through every single book, every single chapter of the Bible of what God wants to do in the life of humanity. And I think it's so amazing that, that it's been the same since the creation of the earth, what God wants to do in the life of people. And we said, listen, we, we believe so much in this pathway of life that God has for us, that we designed our entire church after this, this pathway. We said instead of coming up with a strategic plan of how to reach people, how to make a difference in this world, we just said how about we just do the thing that God already instituted and just, just program everything that we do around his plan. And so that's what we've done. Everything that we do at our church, everything that you experience from Sunday mornings to small group to our dream team, everything we do, growth track, all points back to this pathway of life that God has laid out for humanity. So we kind of say it in a term, terminology that, that people can understand, they can take with them. And so if you're taking notes, we just, this, here's what is this pathway of life that we see that God lays out for us. Number one, we say around here, we say that we believe with all of our heart that God first and foremost wants you to know God. We want you to know him. Now, I don't mean know him up here, by the way. I mean know him here. Like, 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 it's one thing to say, I know about somebody. It's one thing to say, I know who Tom Brady is. It's another thing to say, we're going out to eat after church today. Like, like there's a difference there, okay? And, and God wants us all, every person on the face of the planet, to know him personally. To have an intimate relationship with him where, where he's someone that you can count on. Someone you're talking to, a, a friend that's there for you at every step in your journey. He wants you to truly know him. To know who he is. But then the next step, number two, that we see in scripture is that he wants us to find freedom. He wants us to find freedom. And by the way, you can't do the next steps until you actually do the one prior to that. Like there's an order on purpose that God wants to take people on. And so what find freedom really means is that 
in a lot of our life, we got some stuff from the past. We got some hurts. We got some baggage. We got some addictions. We got some stuff. We got maybe there's one thing in your life that you knew if, if we got rid of that one thing, my life would be so much better. Like God wants you to help, help you find the freedom from all of those things in your yesterday so that number three, you can actually come to a place where you discover your purpose, where you discover the purpose, the reason why God has placed you on the planet. We, we see this in scripture that you have a plan. God has a plan for your life. It's not a cliche thing that Christians say. It's a true statement that God has a plan for you. Now here's where a lot of people get frustrated. If you're a Jesus follower and you've been in our church, you may have heard me talk about discover your purpose. You know, that's why we have the growth track and all these things. And you may say, but pastor, I still can't discover my purpose. I don't know what it is. Like I'm struggling with this. Well, if that's you today, maybe it's you can't discover your purpose because you still need to go back and find some freedom. Like, like maybe there's some freedom issues that God wants to do in you first before you begin to discover the plan and purpose that he has for you. Because, listen, I believe that you got to wipe the smudge of your, off your glasses of yesterday before you can see clearly into the future that God has for you. So I believe with all my heart that sometimes you just got to say, okay, God, I need to go back and I need to see what, what's going on. I got to see what's holding me back to find the freedom that you actually have for me so I can discover the plans and the purpose for my life. And then ultimately, number four, so you can take all this stuff and so you can make a difference. So you can literally make a difference for God in another person's life on this planet. Uh, my daughter, Eliana, she's seven years old. And my daughter cracks me up because she is a stubborn girl. Like she just, she has a thing that she wants to do and she ain't changing for nobody. And, and my daughter, she, she's been, she's seven years old and she's been riding her bike still with training wheels. And, and I'm like, honey, you want to get rid of these training wheels? You want to try to do two wheels? And she's like, nope, I'm good. I don't care. Like I'm going to be on my training wheels till Jesus comes back. Like I don't care. Like I'm just keeping the training wheels. And so she drives around, rides around the neighborhood. All her friends don't have them on anymore. Like our friends are doing it, but she don't care. She's just rocking her training wheels and that's it. And I'm like, man, I don't know why she doesn't want to get rid of these things. Is it because she's scared? Is it because she just doesn't care? Like I don't get it. And then the other day, a couple days ago, my, she came up to my wife and she said, uh, Mommy, I, I, I'm ready to take my training wheels off. And so I jumped up off the couch. I was like, where's my wrench at? You know, I'm like, give me that wrench. I took the training wheels off. I threw those bad boys in the garbage. I'm like, they gone. Sorry, baby. We ain't going back now. We got to move forward. And so uh, we worked with her for just a few minutes, just a few minutes. And, and, and my daughter, she got it right away. She was riding on two wheels. Like she was doing, she was going up and down the neighborhood. She's the coolest kid on the block now. Like she's rocking her two wheels. She's doing it. And I said to my wife, I said, honey, I said, what in the world? I'm like, she was so stubborn. She did not want to get rid of these things. What do you think made her change her mind? And my wife's like, I don't know. But she made up in her mind, I'm done with that, and I'm moving forward to this. And, and I said, wow, that's so good, because that's my hope for all of us today, is that you would come to a place where you would say, where am I in this spiritual journey? Where am I at in the know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference? Where am I at in this whole thing? And, and I hope that we would make up in our mind today, I'm done being here 
and I'm ready to move forward to where God has for me. I'm ready to take the next step. I'm ready to, to not just sit here. Maybe that right here is comfortable, but if there is more, if God has more for my life, then I'm not going to stay where I'm at, but I'm going to begin to step forward into the plans and destiny that he has for me. If God has a pathway of life, if there is something out there for me to do in this world, then I can't stay, I can't stay where I'm at. i got to make up in my mind I'm moving forward. I'm going to go after the thing that God has for me. So what I want to do today is we're going to, this whole series, we're talking about these four things. And, and, but I'm going to do them in reverse order. And I'm going to talk today about making a difference. Because I don't believe you can go on a journey until you know where you're headed. And I want you to understand and see what it truly means to make a difference. And what God wants to do in each and every single one of our lives to make a difference on this planet for him. And I say it this way to people when they ask me, what does it mean to make a difference? Like, what does that really, really, really mean? Like, Pastor, what is, it, what is that all about? I tell it to them this way. I say, listen, the ultimate purpose in life is to make a difference for eternity. Make a difference for eternity. Uh, not just make a difference at work, not make a difference here or there, but like to make a difference. When I say eternity, I'm talking about heaven. I'm talking about making a difference in the life of somebody else that they can experience eternity with Jesus forever. Like, like that's the ultimate purpose for humanity. Uh, when I see in scripture, I see it very, very clear that he's given us all gifts. He's given us all talents. There's all different things. We've, we've got different tracks that we're all running on. Like you can't compare your, your race to somebody else's race. We're all running our own race. But the goal and the prize is all the same. It's to help people come to know that there's a God in heaven who loves them. If you're a Jesus follower in this place today, listen, that's the ultimate purpose for our lives. And you may not get that right away. You may say, ah, pastor, maybe that's for you, people who are really spiritual. But I would say, no, 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 it's for everybody. When you look at scripture, it is for every single one of us. It's for every one of us. I love what Jesus says in John 17 in the message paraphrase. He says this, he's talking to God the Father, and he says, in the same way you gave me a mission to the world, in the world, he goes, I give them a mission in the world. He goes, God, you gave me this mission. I came to this earth. I'm going to the cross to die for the sins of humanity, but I came so that people may see what you're like. And now I'm giving that mission to the people. God, I'm, I'm giving it to them so they can go throughout every place and every city and all, all their neighborhoods, God, and, and they can see what you're like by, by their life. And God, that's the mission I'm giving them. Like, I, I don't know if you know this or not, but you know, the Bible kind of uses some terminology to call Jesus followers. They'll say, like, the, we're the body of Christ, or, or you, we're called the church. The church is not a building. It's not walls. It's not a roof. Like, we're the church, so wherever you go, there's church happening. Like, like we're the church going on. Uh, but listen, like, God's plan A to reach humanity is the church. It's us. And he has no plan B, by the way. Like, like, like there, there's no backup plan. Like, we are called by God to make a difference in this life for human to humanity in the name of Jesus. Like, that's what he's calling us to do. I love what Act, or, or, the Apostle Paul said in the book of Acts. He said, listen, he goes, he wrote most of the New Testament, and he wrote this. He says, listen, I don't care uh, about my own life. 
The most important thing is that I complete my mission. The work the Lord Jesus gave me to tell people the good news about God's grace. He goes, listen, my, my, that's my mission. He goes, I don't really care about my life. I don't care about my work. I mean, I care about it, but I don't. But I understand that it's more than that. It's more than my job. It's more than my friendships. It's more than my, my, my job is to, to tell people about the grace of God and, and to complete the work that God has called me to do. And so today I want to show you how do we make a difference. How do we, as the Jesus followers, make a difference in this world? How do we do it? And, and what is God asking us truly to do? I think it's important because uh, Jesus' last words that he said before he left planet Earth and, and went to be with his Father in heaven and the Holy Spirit came. And I think his last words, they, they were pretty important. Like if, if, if you were, knew you were going to pass away and, and you had an opportunity to pen some last words to your family, to friends, to, to people surrounding you, your kids. Like, I think you would take some time with those last words, wouldn't you? Like, you would really think about them. You would say, okay, what do I want to say here? And what do I, wanna, what do I want them to know? And, and you would take some time. But I believe those words would be very, very important to you. I think Jesus' last words before he went to be with the Father I think they were pretty important, and they, they meant a lot to him. I pr he probably thought about them a lot. And in Acts chapter 1, we see his last words, and he says this. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. So let me stop right there. He says, listen, everything I'm about to tell you to do and ask you to do, this mission I'm giving you, he goes, the Holy Spirit's going to help you. You're not going to have to do it in your own strength. The Holy Spirit's going to give you power. He's going to comfort you. He's going to even give you words to say sometimes. Like he's going to give you the strength to keep going. Like, like the Holy Spirit's going to help you at every corner of life. He's going to be there. But he says this. He goes, and you will be my witnesses. I love that word, witnesses. It's, a, it's an interesting word because a witness basically just shares their side of the story. Like if you think of a courtroom, a setting, you know, you have the witness stand and people go up there and they, they get up there and they, the witnesses come up and they share what they saw. They share what they experienced. They, they just share their side of the story. And listen, that's what Jesus is asking us to do. To begin to just share with humanity, share with people our side of the story. Now listen, this can be intimidating sometimes, but listen, you know, Jesus, look what he's not asking. He's not asking you to be anybody's judge. He's not asking you to be anybody's prosecutor. He's not asking you to be anybody's defendant. You got to defend the gospel. No, no, no. He's not asking us to do any of those things. He's just asking us to share our side of the story. And then Jesus gets really specific on where he wants us to share. He says, I want you to do it in three areas. He goes, I want you to do it in, in Jerusalem. And, and so these were, these were actually people that were from Jerusalem. So he goes, I want you to share it, it, people in Jerusalem, right where you live. I want you to share, be my witnesses right there. And, and then he says, I want you to also be my witnesses in Judea and Samaria. Now, Judea and Samaria were actually areas around Jerusalem. Uh, but, but they were interesting because they were not Jewish people, and they actually had a lot of political and, and, and racial tension between Jerusalem people and their, where they were. And so they really didn't like each other a lot. And so I could, this would have shocked the, the disciples hearing this. Like, like they were writing it down probably like, Jesus, wait, did you say Judea 
and Samaria, like maybe somebody else, maybe you said some area, but not, like not, not, not them. Like, are you serious right now? And Jesus, no, I know you don't like them. I know maybe they don't like you, but I want you to care about them too. I want you to be my witnesses to them as well. And then he says, oh, and by the way, and to the ends of the earth. I want you to be my witnesses all over this entire planet. And I believe right there is how God wants us, if you're a Jesus follower in this place today, to make a difference in the life of somebody else. And let me say this. The people I know chasing after this are the happiest people that I know. So let's break this down today. Number one, Jerusalem. He says, I want you to go to Jerusalem. I want you to do that. To me, that's the, the closest to me, the people that are closest to me. But if you're taking notes, you can write it down this way. Number one, make a difference in my world. Like make a difference right there in your very world. Whatever your world looks like, make a difference right there. That your family, your friends, your coworkers, your neighbors. I love how Jesus said it this way in Mark 5. He said, go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he's had mercy on you. Now, now I understand this can be intimidating sometimes when you talk about sharing your faith with somebody. You're like, my family really don't like God too much. And, and I'm kind of an outcast a little bit because I go to church. Or my coworkers, they, I don't know, they're going to dig this. I'm not supposed to talk about faith at work. Like, I don't know about this. Like, what if they ask me some questions that I don't know the answers to? And maybe they ask me some things and I don't know what to say. And I don't want to mess it up. I won't make Jesus look bad. So I'll maybe just be quiet. Just got to go about my business like like we could get to that point but remember listen like look what Jesus is not asking us to do he's not asking us to uh, have a, a theological degree on every single biblical issue on the in, in the Bible and be able to uh, quote it to some people and say everything that that the Bible talks about he's not asking us to do that He's not asking us to memorize the entire Bible and anytime they, well, what about this verse? And you're like, uh, I don't know where that one is. I don't know. Like he's not asking you to memorize the entire Bible. If you want to do that, that's cool. But like he's not asking you to do that. All he's asking us to do is to share and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he's had mercy on you. That's all he's asking us to do. Last Monday, I had the opportunity to, to play a, a, a golf in a, in a charity golf outing uh, not too far from here. And if you've never played golf, basically you get four guys and you kind of play together. And, but this outing was different because they actually gave you a fifth player to play in your golf foursome, your group. And it was a local uh, celebrity to the Metro Detroit area. So everybody got a local celebrity. So uh, our group, we got a radio personality uh, with us. And so if I mention his name, some of you may know him, but I'm not going to mention his name. And, uh, and so we got to play golf with him. And, and so we're spending the whole day with this guy. And, and for, for whatever reason, I just felt like, man, like my heart just goes out to this guy. And I kept thinking, like, like I'm a, I'm a pastor, you know, my friends are Christians. I'm like, this guy, and I'm pretty sure, I'm not judging him, but I've listened to this dude on the radio. I'm pretty sure he's not a Christian. Like, I've heard his show. Like, like I'm pretty sure he, he's not there. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, this guy's going to spend four or five hours with a pastor and some, and some Christians today. Maybe he, he'll never maybe get that kind of an opportunity again to know about how much God loves him. And, and there's a God in heaven who, who's there for him. And, and I'm like, but, but how do you bring it up? Like, you know, like, come on. Like, like, 
Like, how do you bring it up with somebody? Like, you know, like, like it's, it's hard. Even if we're a pastor to bring it up, it's like, what am I supposed to do? Excuse me? Do you know Jesus? I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. How do you bring it up? Like, I, I get it. It's hard. I don't know. And so I, I sat in my golf cart, and I literally just prayed. I said, God, I said, I pray that, God, you would give me an open door to share with him. And I kid you not, as soon as I got done praying that prayer, he turned and looked at me and said, so what do you do for a living? I said, oh, I got you. This is great. And I said, well, actually, I'm a pastor. And he looked at me and he goes, are you kidding me? He goes, I'm, I'm, I'm a Jew. He goes, this is crazy. A pastor and a Jew playing golf? That's crazy. And I said, I think it's awesome, you know. And then he began to tell me how he thinks the, the religion religions are the problem with our world. He said, you know what? The religions are the biggest problem with our world. All the fighting, everything happens because of the stupid religion. If there was a God, why would he allow all these bad things to happen and all this stuff? Like, I just can't believe in it. And I said, man, I, you know, I can see how you can, you can say that. I said, you know, a lot of people do a lot of crazy things in the name of God that God actually never said. I, I, I get it. I said, the problem with religion is, is, is people. People were, were imperfect. He goes, he goes, oh my God. He goes, why in the world would you ever want to be a pastor? Why would you ever want to do that? And I'm like, okay, here we go. And I said, actually, I said, when I was in high school, I said, when I was in high school, like I kind of grew up in church, but when I was in high school, uh, it, church wasn't relevant to me. Like, it was just a tradition that I did. It wasn't, had any, didn't have any meaning behind it. And I said, when I was in high school, I just kind of said, you know what, forget this. I'm not going to do these things. You know, like, I'm not going to follow this way anymore. Like, it's pointless to me. I'm going to just live my life however I want to. And so I, I said, man, I went for everything. I went for drugs, alcohol, relationship to relationship. I went for it all. And I realized that at the end of all of this stuff, I felt empty. I felt purposeless. I felt like life had no meaning. And I even came to the point, I said, I felt suicidal. I felt like, man, if this, if this is it. If this is all life has for us, this is it's pointless to even live. And I said, man, I, just, I, I got to a place where I was at the end of everything. And I said, I had a friend who kept inviting me to church. And I said, finally, one day, I'm like, all right, I'll go just to get you to stop asking me to go to church because, you know, I'm just going to appease this person and go. And I said, but it's not going to do any good. Like, I don't even really believe this anymore. And, and I walked into this church. And I told him, I said, and I walked into a church that didn't judge me. I walked into a church where the music was pretty cool. I walked into a church where the, the, the pastor on stage actually spoke in a way that I could understand it and was relevant to my life. But I said, but then I experienced something that I can't explain it unless you experience it. I said, I met with the living God that day. I had an encounter with Jesus Christ that day, and it changed me. It changed me from the inside out. People that knew me, my friends, my family, they're just like, man, something's different about you. Your attitude's changed. The way you speak has changed. The way your just outlook on life has changed. Everything has changed. And I said, listen, I said, so I became a pastor because I felt like maybe there's some people out there in the world who feel meaningless. They feel hopeless. They feel purposeless. And if I can help them in any way, then I'm in. And, and, and I think he wasn't expecting all that. Uh, he, but at the same time, he, his mouth was kind of like open. And he kind of closed his mouth. And he's like, wow. And I could see the gears start to turn in his head. And, and I wish I could say, you know, hey, he gave his life to Jesus right there on the golf course. We had church service right there and baptized him in the pond. Like, I wish I could say we did that. But that didn't happen. 
But I know I made an impact in his life in that moment because after we talked that time, he kept asking me great questions. He kept asking me things about, about everything. And I knew that I made a difference in his life that moment. The Bible says that some people are called to plant a seed in someone's life. Some are called to water, but only God can make it grow. And I don't know if I planted that day. I don't know if I watered that day. But I know I made a difference in that life. He even gave me a big old hug when we left the whole golf course. He said, man, keep doing what you're doing. I love this. I love it so much. Thank you so much for sharing with me your story. And I was like, come on, Jesus. Man, you, you're going to do something in this guy's life. I just know it. So here's the deal. He's, God's just asking us to share your story. He's not asking you to pull out the Bible and give him all these verses. He's not asking you to answer every theological hard question that some people may have right now. He's just asking us to share our story with people. This is what God has done for me. This is what God has done in my life. And let your testimony, your witness, speak for itself. But then Jesus says, I want, after Jerusalem, he says, I want you to go to Judea and Samaria. And those are, those are people who are close to me, but really different than me. Because like, that's going to happen in life. So write it down this way. Number two, make a difference beyond my world. So I got my world. I got people come into my world. But maybe there's some people out there that are really not in your world, but maybe they're kind of close to your world. But maybe they're just totally different than you. Maybe they, are, they don't even like you, maybe. Maybe they're like, oh, you're the one of those Jesus people. Oh, I know you go to church. Oh, my goodness. And they want to stand at a distance from you. Or maybe you're just kind of scared of them a little bit. And you're like, maybe I need to stand at a distance from them. Like, I don't know. And, 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 but I love what the Apostle Paul wrote. He said this in 1 Corinthians. He says, yes, whatever a person is like, I try to find common ground with him so that he will let me tell him about Christ and let Christ save him. I love that. Like, I can't save anybody. You can't save anybody, but Christ is the one who does the saving. But listen, I love it. He says, I try to find common ground. I try to find an opportunity that I can share what God has done in my life, that I can tell him about Christ. What I found in my life, and, and maybe you found this to be true as well, that one of the best ways to find common ground with somebody who maybe doesn't believe what you believe and maybe is against you and is to find, to actually to listen to their story. Listen to their story. Listen to where they hurt. Listen to some of the ups and downs that they've experienced in life. And, and to see where they hurt. See where they're struggling. And, and literally just meet a need. Meet a practical need in their life. Like, like sometimes if we just met people's needs and just said, okay, here's your common ground. Here's, here's something that you're dealing with. Here's something that you're working through. I can help you in this situation. I can be there for you. I can do something. Maybe it's inconvenient for me. Maybe I can help you with that project at work, even though my desk is piling up right now. But I'm going to do something because, listen, I care about that person. That person, that person Jesus cares about that person. And I, want, I want to find common ground with them so I can, they can, I can lead with my life. I can lead with my generosity. I can lead with my love so they can maybe allow me to tell them but what Jesus has done in my life. I think the problem with a lot of Christians a lot of times is we just want to look at people and tell them where they're wrong, how the, why their life is messed up, and it's because of this, because of that. And, and then they look at us like, I don't know if I want what you got. Like, when you just stay away from me, like, you're being a little judgy this morning. Like, 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 a lot of times people just don't want that. But if you listen to their story, see where they're hurting, and meet a need in their life, they will be more open to hear 
what you have to say. Look what Galatians says. I love it. It says, stoop down and reach out to those who are oppressed. Share their burdens and so complete Christ's law. He goes, man, he goes, listen, stoop down wherever they're at, whatever they're walking through. He goes, stoop down and reach out to those who are oppressed. He goes, and, and share their burdens, like help them along the way. And they'll be more open to actually hearing what you have to say. And then Jesus, he wrapped it up and he said, oh, and also I want you to go to the ends of the earth. I want you to make a difference there too. And that way, I just say it like this, those are people who are just far from us, who are, who are like literally far from us. Like, like they're like on the other side of the world. Like, like how do we do that? Well, write it down this way. Number three, God is asking us, Jesus is asking us to make a difference in the whole world, the whole big old world. He wants us to make a difference there. And sometimes that can be overwhelming too. Like, man, how do we make a difference in the whole wide world. Like, that's crazy to think about it. Well, honestly, most of us in this place today will probably never have the opportunity to, to, to go out of the country and maybe go down to Guatemala and build a church. Or maybe most of us in this room today won't have an opportunity to go dig a freshwater well in South America in Jesus' name. Like, some of us in this room may never get a chance to, to go over to some of the most unreached areas in the world that have never heard the gospel message of Jesus and give them a Bible and share with them. Like, most of us will never have that opportunity to do that. But listen... You may not physically get an opportunity to do that, but because of your generosity, financially, you're there. Because of your financial giving and what you do here in our church, listen, we've partnered with so many amazing missions partners all over the world that are, that are building church buildings right now for little congregations meeting under a tree today, and they're going to be able to reach their village because they're going to have a church building. Like, we're going to give people fresh water because of your generosity, where that's, and usually they dig these wells right at a church, so people can come get fresh water for their entire village at a church. Like, like we're, 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 we're putting... Bibles in, the, in people's hands that have never had a Bible in their own language. We even have these audio devices that's solar powered that because of, that it's literally it's, it's, it's their language in the, on this little solar power radio where they just sit around and listen to the Bible. And, and it's amazing because listen, because of your generosity like you're, you may not be there physically but you're there financially making a difference all over the world. Because of your generosity we're helping the 27 million people that are in the, the human trafficking industry today and that will be in it again tomorrow like we're helping rescue those people because of the generosity of our church like that's what it's all about like you may never get a chance to go there and be boots on the ground but because of your generosity, because of this church and our heart to not just to, to reach people here in Rochester Hills, but all over the world, and we're making a difference together, doing more than we could do by ourselves because, man, when we come together, great things happen. I love what Jesus says. He says, man, he goes, he said to his followers, go everywhere in the world and tell the good news to everyone. Nobody's excluded. And tell them to tell it to everybody. Be my witnesses everywhere everywhere so here's the deal when you experience what it means to make a difference in the life of someone else's for eternity you experience why you were placed here on the planet you may not believe me right now but someday when you experience it you go oh pastor was right pastor was right 
One of our young ladies a couple weeks ago told me this story. She said I could share it. She had some friends coming into town, uh, and she really wanted to invite her friends to church. And her friends never go to church, like never went to church, like kind of against church. And she said, I'm going to invite them to come with me and see what happens. And so she invited them. And, of course, they said no. They said no way. They said we ain't going no way, no how. They said if we walk into that church, we're going to burst into flames. Like, like that's, like that, that's not good. I want to live. And so, so I'm, we're not going to church. And she was discouraged by that. She was really hurt. And she kept thinking, you know, man, God, I know that it would be so good if they came to church. And she prayed, and she said, all right, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to ask them one more time. And then, as they kind of came closer to them being here, she said, hey, hey, we're, we're Sunday, we're, we're going to go out to lunch. We're going to hit Stony Creek. We're going to go to church, too. Would you, would you come to church with me? And they're like, oh, all right, we'll, we'll go. We'll go. But if we burst into flames, you got to clean up the mess. Like, and so she said, okay. Uh, so they, she brought her friends, and, and, you know, she came in. They sat right here in the service. And, you know, they had worship. I got up here and spoke. At the end of my message, like I do every week, if you've been a part of our church, I, I give people an opportunity to give their life to Jesus. People say, why do you do that, Pastor? I say, well, more people need to give their life to Jesus, so I want to give an opportunity every time I got a microphone to help people come know the same God that I know because he changes lives. It's amazing. God, he's real. I give people an opportunity. And so um, I do this whole thing at the end. If you know, been here, you're here, want to give your life to Christ. Count of three, just slip your hand up all across this room. And, and as I got to three, I loved it because they were sitting like right straight center. And man, all, all of them put their hands right to the sky and said, I want to give my life to Jesus today. Like that's a good thing to clap on, by the way. Like that's amazing. And I love it because the, the lady who brought them, I think she peaked because she was, I closed, but she's like, I one eye open, like what's going on? And she, she couldn't believe that her friends gave their life to Jesus today. She couldn't believe that God used her in spite of her past, in spite of her weaknesses, in spite of her insecurities, in spite of all the stuff and reasons why we can think God will never use us. And she said, wow, God used me in spite of everything to make a difference in someone else's life. She said, man, that's one of uh, my favorite church services of all time. She said, I don't even know what you just talked about, Pastor, but that was a great service. And listen, she said, said, listen, those girls' lives were were changed that day. She said, well, my life was changed that day because I got to experience what it feels like to make a difference in the life of another person for eternity. Here's the deal. When you experience that, experience and understand that everything that we have, everything that God's given us, everything he's blessed us with, if we could turn it around and leverage it so we can make a difference in the life of humanity for eternity, like the experience that you get from that, it's a game changer. Like, like, like it's the most incredible experience that you could ever feel. And it's like, I want to do it again. I want to do it more. Like, that was so good. I can't believe that God did this through me. And I, I want to go after it more. I want to invite more. Like, I want to go after it time and time again. Because, listen, that's what God placed you on the planet. So you can come to a place where you, you know him. 
you know him here. You find the freedom from yesterday's. Man, we all got those. I've got those. You find the freedom from all those things that happened in our yesterdays. To a place where you discover, God, why are you put me on this planet? So I can ultimately make a difference in the life of somebody else for eternity. When you experience it, it changes your life. That's what it means to make a difference. Let's stand today as we close.